This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, well, welcome back once again to another episode of Theology Doesn't Suck, where hopefully theology doesn't suck. But if it were to suck, it's probably because it came out of the mouth of Marty Frederick, who I am not. Hey. I am one of your Whoa. hosts, Josh Patterson, and Marty is with me today. How are you, Marty? What's up, guys? How's it going? Yeah, it's, the theology wouldn't suck coming out of my mouth uh, because, uh, as we've talked about before, unlike Josh, I went to seminary. Um, and so my theology is well rooted in the the proper ways of the gospel. Uh, Josh uh, has been Josh has been wayward for a little bit. Someday he'll learn. Ah, uh, that's man. I have no response to you, Marty. I really don't. <laughs> you know, I can't. You do have a cool seminary degree. I don't have one of those yet. Yet though, yet. That's yeah, but you know, Josh, I did want to talk about the most important thing that has happened recently, and the fact that. In this, Uh-oh. we kind of introed one of our recent episodes with this, but you know it's really important for us to talk about, um, you know, the Boston Bruins, <laughs> for some reason decided to pull out one more win. And here's Lame. the hard, the hard part for me on that is, is with Boston. Like I, I posted this on my Facebook yesterday. Either their team is the best team in the universe of sports, or the refs or the other team played dirty or somebody (laughs) did something in some sort of way. Like every Boston fan I know, especially Boston hockey fans, hopefully our guest isn't a Boston hockey fan, by the way, but uh, (laughs) uh, it always happened to be that way about their team winning or losing. It's always a bummer in my opinion, but I don't know what you thought about the game. Well, so I, unfortunately I didn't get to watch the game. I was busy doing a lot of packing and stuff. As you can see, there are boxes to the ceiling. Noel and I are leaving in like three days, so it's crazy. But I did see the final score, and one of my students was texting me, who uh, isn't even a Bruins fan, but he's specifically cheering for them because he knows that I can't stand the Bruins. <laughs> um, but I think, Marty, part of the plight uh, for Boston fans is they get upset because you can't deflate hockey pucks. No, that's it true. It doesn't work. So, yeah. like, you know, trying to, to do that, make them lighter or whatever... Uh, isn't going to work out for them too well. well. It's okay for them because if they don't win the if if Boston somehow loses the Stanley Cup, there's a really good chance that another one of their sports team will, teams will win a championship this year because that's how it usually <laughs> happens. So sure. I, I, they can just wait for that one. So that's true. And to, all right, to be fair, real quick, and then we'll we'll get off the Bruins topic because I don't want so much negativity on the podcast. <laughs> um, there there is a player that I particularly am fond of on the Bruins, uh, David Pasternak. I think he's a fantastic player, but also, have you seen his Dunkin' Donuts commercial? It is by far my favorite, like, hockey commercial I've seen in a long time. I haven't seen it. I thought you were going to say he's a Dano Chara because he's everything you're not. He's big what, and tall, tall dark, and strong. And handsome? <laughs> 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 that is true. He does have size on me. Uh, I a think little bit. If, if you had to compare me to a dude, I mean, without the just being a, you know, um, dirty player. Brad Marchand is more my size. I thought and you were going to say Patrick Carcillo, but 
sweet. But anyway, his Dunkin' Donuts commercial was great. You should go check it out. Basically, like, they have a Dunkin' Donuts in the, uh, in the penalty box. And so, like, he goes in there, and they're like, oh, pasta, you're back. The usual. It's, it's funny. Go. You should watch it. All right. Um, anywho, though, uh, we should probably stop goofing off because we do have a guest today. I guess I'm pretty excited about. Um, and so with us today is Pastor Pat Linnell. And so how's it going, Pat? I got three words for you, buddy. What's that? Let's go Caps. Absolutely. Praise God. All right. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm down here in D.C., and they're my, they're my team. They couldn't pull it off, you know, twice. But also, you're the spitting image of Marty St. Louis. Oh, sweet. I'll take it. You guys are like, I don't know if your podcast listeners look at you, but they could look <laughs> up Marty St. Louis, and there you are. Oh, perfect. That's good. I'm going to put that like on my, all my resumes and stuff, uh, you know, for future reference, I'll put it on the website. Um, that might get tweeted later here within the next hour or so, but yeah, I mean, go caps. Absolutely. And so it's funny that you say that because the question that I was telling you about before we started that we ask all of our guests is who is your favorite hockey team? Oh man! And so you gave you gave the correct answer, so you win. Good job. Yeah, and I'm not just jumping on the bandwagon because they won the cup. I I grew up playing uh, my hockey at the rink that the Caps played in or practiced in back in the day, like in the '90s and the oh, wow. early, in the early 2000s. So we were always, you know, walking in and out at the same time of those guys, and so it was always like I was a fan of the Caps when they sucked year after year <laughs> after year. Absolutely. And it was, it's been cool. It's been cool to see them like bring it all together, at least for a season or two. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you. And I, I have photographic proof as well. I have pictures of me wearing like old school throwback cap jerseys, like the black ones with the Capitol building on it when I was in like second grade. So. Yes. Not a bandwagoner. Marty's a bandwagon. Wait till no, you hear his favorite team. Josh, we got to get some Blackhawks fans on the show because every time <laughs> it's either someone that doesn't like hockey or someone that's a Caps fan. I think you plan this. On, you, you do this on purpose, man. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. Well, we've, we have had a significant amount of Colorado Avalanche fans See, for whatever see, reason. Well, I think our next guest just needs to be Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves. I'm not sure what, what the theological topic would be, but... <laughs> Uh, theology of dropping the gloves or something. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sweet. All right. Well, anyway, uh, thank you again, Pat, for your time, for coming on and uh, talking with us today. And so we'll go, we'll go ahead and, and dive in here. Uh, just, I have some like, like bio questions for you. Like, who are you and, and what do you do? What's your family like? Those kind of things. Okay. Here's what's up. 39 year old white dude. I live in Maryland. I've lived in Maryland for my whole life. I've actually been a pastor for about a decade. I've been at this church. uh, It's called Bay Area Community Church in Annapolis, Maryland for about 15 years. And uh, let's see, married to Kristen. We've been hitched for for 15 years. We have four kids, two boys, two girls. Oldest is going into middle school. Youngest is going into kindergarten. So next year is going to be legit. At the Linnell household, because we don't have a little one, you know, during the day. So that's going to be kind of fun. So love kids, love Jesus, been in this church game. But you probably should know I didn't plan on getting into the church game by mm. any by any stretch. I was um, I was bound for the business world. And it wasn't until last year of college 
ended up through a series of, you know, divine appointments, if you will, in a small group Bible study. And it was like, man, never experienced anything like that before. People were just down to earth, didn't expect that. The Bible was, you know, making sense and intriguing. Hmm. It really seemed like Jesus is who he claimed to be. Uh, And that was eye-opening for me. And so that led to a pastoral internship instead of a job with Pfizer Pharmaceuticals. And uh, a few years later, got picked up, got picked up by the church that I interned at. Wow, that's really cool. That's interesting. Actually, I have a buddy uh, who's about your age uh-huh. uh, who has a very similar story, but he's in Germantown, Maryland. His name's Marcus. Um, he wor- he used to work for Youth for Christ, um, but a very similar thing where uh, bound for the business world, and then you know Jesus got a hold of him and did something completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. You know, it's I'm glad I did it. It was it was a really hard decision at the time, a faith stretching one. Uh, for sure. Um, cause you're like 22 and Pfizer's like, Hey, we'll give you a car, a housing allowance, uh, <laughs> clothing money. And they're going to start you like 50 grand or something. And like 22, you're like, dude, that sounds awesome. But yeah. then it was like, uh, or I can go raise support as a missionary and do an internship that pays nothing. <laughs> so yeah. I went that option. Good job. Well done. There was a there was a day of crying my eyes out, but you know the Lord provided for sure uh, after taking that step of faith. Oh yeah, that's wonderful. That's awesome, man. Um, that's a great story. And so, uh, what what kind of church uh, are you at now? Is it like is Bay Area non denominational or is it? Yeah, Bay Area is a non denominational church. Uh, that's about 30 years old, started as a church plant with, you know, with a handful of people. Um, and now we're a multi-site, uh, cam- uh, with a couple campuses, you know, around Maryland now. Awesome. Great. Sweet. Well, um, yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much uh, for sharing, uh, a little bit about yourself and your background and your story. Um, and so today specifically, uh, I stumbled across something, uh, I guess, a couple weeks ago on Instagram, yep. I came across my feed, something called Grace Bombs. Yeah. And I, it looked super cool. I did some digging. I found out that your name was attached to it. And so uh, today, we would love to talk about Grace Bombs. Yeah. So what, uh, I guess just to start out, what is, what is Grace Bombs? Well, Grace Bomb, sing, I guess it's plural, but we, I guess it's, I say it's singular. <laughs> sure, sure. So I would describe it in two ways. One, it's a movement of obedience to Jesus' simple you know, declaration for his church to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so on a high level, it's a movement of obedience. It's listening to what Jesus said and actually putting it into practice. Now, albeit in a very specific way, because Grace Bomb is taking obedience to the neighbor-loving focus, and so a Grace Bomb uh, at the small level is a surprising gift that's, you know, basically meant to brighten your neighbor's day. And it could be, you know, time, treasure, talent. It's it's in the scope of you're investing in your neighbor, but typically it's a surprise because they don't see it coming. Uh, It's... It's not like the normal um, reciprocation of culture. So it's not like, oh, you held the door for me. I'm going to grace bomb you by, you know, taking your bag out to the car. 
it's not, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a surprise. We're talking about out of the blue. We're talking about, Hey, you didn't have to do that, but you went above and beyond to give that person just a small little taste of the sweetness of this massive grace that we have in Christ. And so we, we want to just give a small taste of that to people in all kinds of ways. Yeah. So a grace bomb is a surprising gift. And, you know, we just try to help people do that through this brand, if you will, of grace bomb. Yeah. Awesome. So it looks like it too, with, with the grace bomb, when I guess, do you, I'm trying to think of like the verb to grace bomb somebody. Yeah. When you grace bomb somebody. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When you, so when you grace bomb somebody, uh, I noticed you guys have these, these little cards. Yeah. Um, can you uh, elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. So the card is important, um, you know, for a couple reasons, but the card actually identifies your, let's just say, uh, act of love or neighbor loving or kindness. It identifies it as a grace bomb. And when that happens, you're not overtly pushing Jesus into somebody's face, but you are Mm. giving them the option to know that this thing, if they dig a little bit is motivated by Jesus. And if they dig a little bit more, you know, hopefully we want to keep that conversation going with them. Um, you know, in the culture, Grace Bomb plays nice because there's already an altruistic pay it forward. Everybody loves the random act of kindness thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but Grace Bomb's deeper than that because Jesus isn't random and he's intentional. And, you know, I got some scriptures along that line if we want to get into that theology part of it at some point. <laughs> but, um but yeah, so basically you give your gift and you identify, you're identifying the gift and who gave it with Jesus by dropping a grace bomb card. And all the, all it is, it's a grace bomb logo. So it's like, what people are like, what is that? I don't even know. And then it just says, <laughs> you've been grace bombed on it. And if that person so chooses, they can look it up and they can see, oh, this is a surprising gift meant to brighten my day, motivated by Jesus. Oh, this came from a Jesus person. Oh, I thought they were, you know, all jerks and, and a-holes. So, um, but, yeah, but nice. maybe not. Like, let's get them yeah. thinking about it in a different way. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I dig it. That's really cool. And I also, I like, too, the, the um, there's like a tension that you guys create with this idea of grace and then bombs. Like, bombs are a thing that are meant for evil. They're meant to destroy. They're meant to bring destruction uh, but then you take this, you know, big, beautiful idea of grace and you kind of bring the two together. And I think that tension uh, is really beautiful. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Thanks for picking up on that. You know, we've the majority of people, because I think we're using bomb and we have a little cartoon <laughs> picture of one. Right. And so the majority of people like in our culture today, they're used to hearing things like photo bomb, bath bomb, truth bomb. You know, if you're a hunter, throw up buck bomb. So we use, we use bomb and it's softened a little bit, but still people, some people do have a visceral reaction to the fact that we're using a bomb and we're, we're bringing Jesus into the equation. And what I like to call that is redemptive contrast. It's like, we're making a creative choice that it does create attention. It does, you know, it does that, but we're taking something exactly like you said, that was made for destruction, uh, and messing things up but we're flipping it on its head and we're using it uh, to bring something together for the good. And Mm -hmm. I actually think about the cross in that regard Mm -hmm. because back in Jesus' day, the cross, nobody's talking about the cross. 
Cross is a torture device. You know, crosses don't talk about such things in public because everybody knew it was meant to hurt people. But then he took it and he made the most redemptive act ever on it and, to, you know, to, for our benefit. And so, so I do, I, I do see the tension there. I think most people kind of get it and they, they're a little bit intrigued. Other Christiany people, they push back and then I have to say, well, hey, let's remember the cross, you know, like, and yeah. we want to engage culture in a way that does get people thinking. And sometimes an oxymoron can help creatively do that. Yeah, and, and earlier you said something along the lines of how like the how bombs kind of mess things up, and uh, I, I, it kind of struck a chord with me because I think that's essentially what we're trying to do. Is a lot of people walk around and you know, and just in our sermon yesterday and uh, at church, our pastor was kind of talking about how some people walk around and they're ignorant to faith. They they kind of are blissfully ignorant. They don't really understand. They don't know that they should that they, that they actually should know. But then there's also the people who walk around and they say like, no, I got my life all together. I don't need faith. I don't need grace. I don't need Jesus because I've got money. I've got a job. I've got a great family. I got a house. So why in the world would I need Jesus? Actually, Josh and I encountered that a lot in South Florida uh, mm-hmm. with, you know, you're walking around talking and you could be at Starbucks and you could pass by a dozen multimillionaires in the same place. And, you know, in, <laughs> in their mind, they're 65, they're 70, maybe they're in their 50s, who knows? But they've gone their entire life without Jesus and they've been successful and they don't they don't think they need Jesus. And but in the reality, their life is messed up uh, and they do need Jesus. And so we can take sort of like that contrastual idea and say we're going to mess your Jesus is met. He didn't come to make things pretty. He came to mess things up so that things could be changed and flipped on its head. So I really love that. And that, that just stuck, it really struck a chord with me when you said that. Mm, Yeah, that's so true, man. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The, the bomb thing is so, uh, I think it's like just genius. (laughs) Cause so I, just a little bit about me. I, I have, uh, some Anabaptisty kind of, uh, tendencies, uh, Bruxy Cavey, he's a Tendencies. Pastor. He calls people Anabaptish. <laughs> the S-H on the end. Uh, but so, like, nonviolence is uh, something that I'm a proponent of. Not pacifism, Marty, that's different. Nonviolence. Um, anarchy. Anarchy, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but I think, uh, wh- so from, like, my perspective, as, like, somebody who's nonviolent, taking something like a bomb, which is made for violence... And then, like you said, bringing redemption to it, I just, I think it's brilliant. It, it strikes a chord with me just, you know, seeing uh, the little, you know, logo with the grace bomb written on It's pretty cool. Yeah. And so how does it work out for you being in the hockey world? Because I actually think to embrace fighting in hockey and nonviolence, I think those do happily coexist because I think yeah. people, and you probably agree with me, that people think, oh, hockey, it's all fighting. But actually, fighting is strategic. It can be helpful for your team. It's done in a respectful manner. And anyway, it just made me think that's kind of funny <laughs> uh, with the hockey thing it. and all that. But Yeah, I love it too. And I think there's something to be said as well as uh, once you're, you realize you're in a competition, like uh-huh. when, you're, when you're competing and this is a, a, you know, a part of the game, um, and like you said, there, you know, there are perimeters around it. Fighting isn't just loosey goosey. And when people break those like unspoken fight rules, then they get jumped on <laughs> and there's consequences. And, uh, 
you know, one of my favorite players on the Caps is Tom Wilson. Oh, yeah. Um, which I guess if, if you know, our listeners uh, probably don't like him, but they have to admit that if he was on their team, they would love him. So, um, but yeah, anyway, that's a, that's a great point. I do think they can coexist together. I think that was said uh, nicely. <laughs> Sweet. So how, um, how did this whole thing come about? Like, where, where was this started? What, you know, led you to create such a thing? Yeah. Good question. And okay. So I've been, um, I've been in the pulpit for a little stretch now and I'm, I'm the teaching pastor here at Bay area. One of my things in preaching is I'm pretty visual. And so Mm. very often I'll bring a prop of some sort, something I can ride, set on fire, explode. (laughs) Um, nice. And the theme of grace, obviously, if you're preaching from the Bible, it's going to be a recurring theme. Like it has mm-hmm. to be. <laughs> and so at some point, um, the, that phrase grace bomb, you know, it, it had been out just as a phrase just being used here and there. But then I, I created this little visual aid of a dropping bomb when I would preach on God's grace, just hitting people, you know, unexpectedly. And mm-hmm. that was probably like mm, six years ago. But the theme kept coming up. And so I thought, man, it'd be cool to really either write a book or to do a sermon series about Grace Bomb, how God breaks in and, you know, for the better in the, in the people's lives in Scripture and then also into our lives. So I finally got the, I got the chance to preach a sermon series two summers ago here at Bay Area. And what we wanted to do, though, we we were already starting to use grace bomb as a verb and mm-hmm. like in grace bombing people, just going above <laughs> and beyond generosity with either people you know or don't know. And we were brainstorming here with the team, like, how can we give something new to our congregation? Because here's what we're used to. We're used to sending people around the world once a year. Like we send all kinds of people, you know, uh, people on mission trips once a year. And then we also pack backpacks and clean the school and do love weekend and serve city and all of that. And that's great. But here's my observation. That is um, only involving a portion of our people, of, you know, a slice out of the year. What about everybody else? Like what about the business dude who's trying to figure out how to live out his faith on Monday? And we have a lot mm-hmm. of those guys. So we wanted something more everyday, more tangible, more practical. And basically through collaboration, the idea of a card and an interactive website where people can share their stories was born. And when we did that series, we gave our congregation these cards and they they lit up the whole Annapolis area. (laughs) That's That's awesome. awesome. And so we were hearing stories not only because we encourage people to share, not in bragging or boasting, but in the spirit of Hebrews 10, 24, like let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. Cause like, I want to hear how the Lord led you and what you did. And, and that just generated an upward spiral of creativity of being on missions, loving your neighbor in every like simple, simple everyday ways. But when I saw the stories come in from people dropping and people receiving, because people just out in the neighborhood were getting grace bombed and they were so touched, they were going to the website and sharing, hey, this happened to me, this was awesome, thank you, blah, blah, blah. And so I, I realized just looking out at the church landscape in general, um, churches that are trying to reach the neighborhoods, trying to reach the world, trying to be on mission, 
typically do it like we've, we have been doing it with community service projects and with mission trips, which is fine. Mm -hmm. And we need them. But I felt like, man, this is every day spirit led. It could happen at any moment, equipping your people just to be on the ready and to love Mm -hmm. and to also get the people who aren't exercising faith much to start exercising faith and start building those muscles up. And due to, due to the response that I saw, it hit me, this, this tool, it's like, just like training wheels, you know, to get people (laughs) towards the great commission, this tool, it's just more people need it. And so I got the blessing from the leadership here at the church to basically move it outside of, you know, under the umbrella of Bay area and just to make it its own thing, grace bomb. And so we, we just pulled a board, a nonprofit together. And now this nonprofit of grace bomb exists to give grace bomb away to churches and believers. Um, and that's, that's, that was the or, quick origin story. Maybe not quick. Sorry. It was a little long winded, but that was the origin story of grace bomb. No, it's perfect. Thank you. That's really cool. Um, so then like, do you, do you have like other churches that like have been partnering with the, you know, 501c3? Like, is that kind of how it works? Is that the vision of it? Is it more like we just want, you know, people to come to the website and we want individuals to be a part of it both and it's a both and, but we're not asking churches to give or anything like that. I mean, they, they can, but it's not a part of the thing. Um, you know, I've raised, I've just kind of gone out as the leader of the nonprofit and raised money so that we can give it away. So there is a small team of financial partners okay. you know, who, who make it free for everybody else. Um, so I'm not discouraging people for like, no, I want to, I want to be a part of that. That's totally cool, <laughs> but it's not an expectation. Okay, um, okay. and yeah. And so we, um, we launched, but it's really for the church. And so we launched it the following summer at another big multi-site church. It went better with them than it did at, <laughs> at Bay area, <laughs> probably because it was a bit more condensed and more refined when we did it. Um, and, you know, now we're just I'm just talking to churches around the country about how we can best get this tool into their hands, uh, how can they, they can leverage it, access it, get their stories back to share with their congregation, uh, those sorts of things. And so for me, my heart is that Grace Bomb would be a Grace Bomb. It's a tool. It's a resource. It's a mm-hmm. community. It's a movement. But I, I just want it to be free for for the churches because I feel like, you know, big churches, they got a lot of good stuff going on. Um, they're on mission. They're I mean, they're cranking it out, you know, like little baby hill songs and stuff. But, <laughs> but most churches aren't that. Sure. Most, most churches are like 100 people and they don't even have Facebook. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> hey, I can help you start getting your your guys, you know, looking out and start putting into practice what they already know Jesus is telling them to do. And so also this is a, you know, the content of this is so suitable for a sermon series or a church launch because I don't want to disconnect the good works prepared in advance for us to walk in. I don't want to disconnect that with the fact that we're saved by grace through faith, not by works, so that no one may boast. And we just need to have sure. that in a good, healthy balance. Like Jesus is mm-hmm. at the center. Mm-hmm. He fills us. Uh, it's his grace, you know, all that. I know you guys, you have a theology podcast, so you obviously talk about all these things. <laughs> 
But if I can keep Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10 all together and give that to the church and then give them the tool just to go fired up and um, that, you know, that's kind of the goal to give this thing away. Um, it's a little harder to get into churches, though, because churches are kind of planned out and programmed. And I'm yeah. a pastor. And if somebody calls me up and like, hey, there's this cool thing, you want to do it? I'm like, no. <laughs> no, because yeah, we're doing yeah. our thing. And so right. there are some barriers to entry in the church. Um, some people are really hungry for it, but there are some barriers to entry. So the individual, that's actually where we've seen it kind of explode out in the past 12 months without even really trying. Because the individual believer, perhaps, is finding out about it, getting cards and grace bombing people, which is cool. But now I'm sort of playing catch up to making sure they have the the rich content that this was born out of. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we're kind of living in that tension because, you know, things have sort of gone all over the country at this point. And now, you know, I'm just trying to stay. I'm just almost almost a little behind the curve trying to stay up. Sure. Well, it's cool to see things work out so well. <laughs> That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, if anything uh, good happening, it, it's it's just Jesus doing his thing. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think... What? Oh, go ahead, Marty. Yeah, I wanted to ask, um, just, to, just to, along the lines of this, so uh, I know I kind of introduced myself before we started as a, a worship pastor, but also part of my title is I'm a worship and missions pastor. Um, and so, you know, sort of on the ground level, local... And uh, one of the things I've kind of noticed is uh, it's really easy to get your congregation behind the idea of international mission trips, sort of like that short-term mission. You know, you can get people say like, oh, yeah, we'd love to support that. Here's some money to send so-and-so on this trip. You know, Jill Johnson, she's going on this trip. Here's here's $500 to, towards Jill's cause. Uh, it's even really easy once you kind of get people on board to support long-term missionaries, you know, like an individual Um, But then when you say to somebody, hey, by the way, if you don't feel called to go out into the field, uh, we'd love to just encourage you to do stuff around here and in your local communities uh, or or, or just give financially. That is the aspect, I think, where people sort of have a hard time with understanding that because everyone says, well, it's, it's one of two things. Either people say, well, I'm not a pastor and that's the job of the pastor. The pastor should be the one out there, you know, growing our church. That's his job. I mean, by the way, what else does he do all day anyway? Uh, (laughs) You only work one day a week as a pastor on Sunday. That's right. That's right. Um, but then, but it's either that or it's, well, like, man, I don't have the gift of evangelism. I don't have the gift of, of speaking to people. I'm really shy about this. And, you know, it's, been months since I read my Bible. So like, what if I give them wrong information? And I can't tell my pastor it's been months since I've read my Bible because then he'll be disappointed in me. And so I just won't do it. But I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll maybe tell people that I do. Um, so what I like about this is that even though you were kind of saying it's kind of gone the direction of the individual, um, I, I think that can be helpful. But I also think that, you know, like you're saying, uh, if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast and you're a pastor of a church, like it's really important these types of things that you know it's not really a program. I don't I don't hear you, Pat, you know, going over this as like this is a great program that you know we're we're going to send someone out to your church and we're going to do you know uh, a 12 hour training session some Saturday afternoon, uh, you know, from Saturday 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. with lunch catered in kind of you know, training session where we're going to teach your people how to use grace bombs and then go 
away and then hope they do it. Uh, oh, and by the way, it costs six thousand dollars. <laughs> um, and you know, I what I hear from you is like, no, no, this is what the church already ought to be doing. Uh, we already ought to be if we can support short term missions and we can get out and you know we can send a team to Mexico, which I'm doing on Friday, by the way. Um, if we can do that, uh, then how easy is it for us to? apply that at home. Well, those that go and come back have that fire, but it's the people that have never gone or probably would never go. Uh, so, I mean, I, I guess, I guess what I'm curious about from you is, um, has, have you seen this? I mean, and I hate to put it in these terms, but Josh will understand why in, in just a second, but, um, so for some people, this is helpful. Have you, have you seen like, or do you have numbers even of like people that have been grace bombed that have like later come to Jesus, you know, because of that? Like, have you heard those testimonies and those stories and, um, and, or like met those people directly? And like, what does that look like? Yeah, that's a great question, Marty. The answer is yes. But let me affirm you in that, um, you know, you're spot on. We, and, and probably we want to affirm those going on mission trips and those giving, to, to yeah. send them because those are, you know, those are real tangible spiritual gifts being used and sent out. Right. But our, our flesh wants to say, well, I checked the box because I stroked, I stroked my $500 check and I'm good <laughs> until next year. Right. But what, what happens when you're getting coffee and your barista looks downhearted? Like, do you have that missionary impulse for her? Right. Because we're all we're all sent ones. You know, John 2021 20, is the father sends me. So I send you. So whether we like yeah. it or not, as Christians, we're missionaries <laughs> and we are probably where we need to be without without having to travel, although we will because we want to be obedient to take it to the ends of the earth. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, I'd say the majority of grace bomb stories that that I get to see come in um, there's kind of different levels. We see the most basic level. Oh, thanks. Somebody did this for me. It was awesome. Then we kind of see another tier of, you know, they were, they let us in a little bit to their spiritual behind the scenes. Um, so they'll let us know that, Hey, I was praying. And in that moment, this random person grace bombed me or something like that. And so we have that, but it's actually funny, Marty, that you asked that question because just yesterday here at Bay Area, uh, this lady named Christy got baptized and she had her husband and I think it was her parents in the front row. And Christy getting baptized might not have seemed like a big deal to anybody else, but I was overcome with emotion because 18 months ago is when, um, you know, the kind of the full circle is when Jesus re-engaged Christy. And he did it through a seven-year-old girl. So here, here, <laughs> here's the quick story. I get home from work, pull into the driveway, and I just want to go put my feet up. But my seven-year-old Scarlet, blonde hair, blue eyes, she comes up and she says, Dad, take me on a daddy-daughter date. I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> so we go to McDonald's so I can hear about the highs and lows of seven-year-old life. But the sweetest thing, when we're going into McDonald's, Scarlet said, and this was all her, Dad, we should grace bomb somebody. Because she's been in the, you know, the grace bomb world. I was like, Scarlett's a great idea, you know? And so I reached back into the backpack. I had three grace bomb cards. I just put them in my pocket. And on our way out, we grace bombed somebody at McDonald's because she wanted to pay for their meal. And then she wanted to get a cake pop for her Awana teacher later that night. 
But then this third card that was still in my pocket because of Scarlet uh, stayed there. And when we dropped the kids off at their little Awana camp, um, Kristen and I went for a quick date night. And when we were at date night, the server comes up to us and says, man, you know, the last couple that sat out here in this table, they walked out on me. <laughs> and and she said something that was, you know, that still sticks with me. She said, it wasn't the fact that I got to pay 30 bucks to make up for their tab. It's that I'm a human being and they just treated me like I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I looked at Kristen and Kristen looked at me and we both had that nudge like, we totally got a grace bomb this server. Yeah. <laughs> and so we did. And then we figured that was the end of the story. We basically just paid for the walkout check too, and gave her a tip and encouraging note. And when I went back into that restaurant, probably two months later, I met the owner and his wife and his wife came up to me and she's like, just thank you for what you did. Cause the server showed us and then we looked it up and then we started to investigate what this is. So that actually led Christy down a path of then coming to church, uh, investigating Jesus through the case for Christ movie and books, uh, joining the church and then just yesterday getting baptized. And that was an 18 month sort of window, but it all got kicked off because a seven year old wanted to grace bomb somebody. (laughs) And it was the sweetest thing yesterday because Christy actually asked if Kristen and Scarlett would come up to the baptismal pool to be there while, while, while I was baptizing her. And so we don't often get to see the total full circle, sure. but if it's true that we have good works that have been prepared in advance for us to walk in, then of course Jesus is going to be up to, you know, life-changing things at times. And at other times it maybe isn't for the recipient. It just might be for the giver. Like, man, this is a step of obedience that I need to take today. And I, and I need to listen to Jesus and I need to do it. So yeah. So I kind of have stories from from both, you know, both spectrums there. And um, but, yeah, that was yesterday. It was emotional. I was trying not to get <laughs> choked up yesterday. When I was baptized. and I was like, it's so cool. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, and it's so great because, you know, I think oftentimes we we forget about what those stories can look like. And I think we say, well, if if I'm going to do this, then what I really want to see happen legitimately is this person to receive this gift that I'm doing, you know, based on the Holy Spirit. And then I want them to come to my church and then I want them to be in my small group. And then I want, I want them to be my friend. And even though we, we aren't doing it in like legitimately, like we could say, no, I'm not doing this for myself. I'm not doing, I'm doing this for Jesus. At the same time, there's that little bit in the back of our mind that says like, I want that affirmation that I did this thing. (laughs) And so as you had said, like, you know, oftentimes we don't get to see that that's like the seed planting mentality. Um, and you know, you, you had kind of said that too, you know, just affirming the idea of missions. And I, and I think, you know, all, all in all, I think if we can get people excited about, um, repairing the image of Jesus in our society, uh, then, I, then I think we can get people excited about missions. And so I, I like, it's sort of like, this seems a lot like that, you know, there's so many stories, you know, like Christie's story that have gone the opposite though, where a pastor has written like, you know, John three sixteen it, on the on the tip line. You know, and like like that. Here's your tip, or you know, saying things like you know, uh, you, you shouldn't be working on Sundays. Like writing that on the check, or like writing really nasty, terrible <laughs> things. You see all these stories about people who do that, and they're they're Christians, 
and so like this is like that's like a specific story that I could think of uh, that goes and repairs the image of Christ in our society. Mm. And I think if we can get people excited about that, then I think people will want to do this more. And But also they need to see that, like, this is something we've got to be doing. I mean, this is not a... So like you said, we're all missionaries. We're not... You don't have the option. I mean, I, honestly, I, I'll just to be bold and declare that. <laughs> like, we don't, as Christians, we don't have the option to say... Not me, Jesus. I'm not going to be a missionary. I'm not going to share the word of Christ with anyone. Like, I, I, I'm choosing to have my own personal faith that is mine that I get to use for me. But sorry, Jesus, like, you can give that gift to others, but I'm not going to do it. I mean, we just don't have that option. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's really true. And, you know, and you guys are in church and and the, the sheep in the pen, if you will, they, they need to be led. They need to be led to putting that into practice, you know. And, um, and I found that if you can tan- give them something tangible, like, yeah. I'm going to stick this card in my pocket. And it's, it sounds silly, but when I do that, it actually gets me, my, my mindset is a little bit different. It's like, oh, I'm loaded today. And yeah. I'm looking around because who does God want me to engage today? Right. You know, it's it's that intentional step of the way that the instruction manual of grace bomb is load, Hmm. listen, and let her go. So it's load is just, I have decided to keep grace bomb cards on me today because I'm going to be ready to spring to love. Even Mm -hmm. if I don't have money, I'm going to write an awesome note and it's going to be a surprise and it's going to bless people. But then I don't just try to be totally random. I, I actually try to be prayerful and listening or sensing the nudge, you know, you mentioned the, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit kind of leading, and I think he does. I think he he prompts us, he nudges us, and sometimes we can be attuned to that. And then when we when we feel that, well, then we got to push past the fear, because that's when we just want to yeah. stay in our church bubble and receive. But we need to like <laughs> we need to pop the bubble, and and when you pop the bubble, man, I tell you what, it is so fun to oh, sure. do something, to step out of your comfort zone. It's scary, man. It's fun. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And I think part of why, you know, what I think is so attractive about it as well is it's such a, um, like it's an, it's an easy, um, like it's an easy tool. It's a tool that like anybody can do, like a seven-year-old can do it. You don't have to, you know, be a good speaker or an apologist or, you know, walk up to somebody on the street and try to sell going to seminary, Jesus. Right? Yeah. Or, okay, Marty, or go to some <laughs> <laughs> to like go up Sorry, and like <laughs> try to sell Jesus to people. But instead, um, you can do it in a, a tangible way, you know, do something nice for them. They see the grace bomb card, they investigate, wow, this is a, a Jesus thing. Um, and that's really cool because it gets the both, it gets a both and it gets, cause some people, um, it get hung up on, you know, no, we only can preach the gospel. And then some people get hung up on, I'm only going to show people the gospel by my actions. But I think Grace Bomb puts both of them together um, in a way that's super practical and helpful. And I love that. Um, And also, I think what's interesting is, is it seems like uh, as well, um, and this, this is going to sound like a shot at uh, churches and I, I guess kind of I mean it to be, but also not at the same time. A lot of times when we do nice things from a church perspective, it's attached with an advert, like it's an advertisement essentially. Like here's a nice thing. And then they're like, oh, cool. What did they give me? Oh, they just want me to go to their church. And like that, it doesn't take away that you're doing something kind for somebody, but it seems like 
uh, people pick up on that ulterior motive. Yeah, yeah, uh, th- yeah, exactly. You know, you see what I'm saying? And yeah, totally. And the slogan that we've kind of circled around Grace Bomb is "Love your neighbor, no strings attached." Mm, because you know we want like we want to get that affirmation or we want to get oh how how do they respond but it's like man once i took that step of obedience it's whatever yeah and and that way it's like there is no obligation or anything you know in that regard um so yeah so i totally agree and oh and one thought popped in my mind uh josh when you were talking was um Part of Grace Bomb, because it's an everyday thing, like we're creatures of mm-hmm. habit. We typically sure. go to the same Starbucks or or more hipster coffee places if you're not in a Starbucks. Marty, Marty, Marty. Because um, I know there's people out there like, I will never drink that stuff. But That's anyway. Marty. That's um, what I got right here. This is, this is the good stuff. <laughs> That's the good Liquid stuff gold. right there. Um, but one thing I've noticed is if you Grace Bomb people in your everyday walk of life, opportunities to directly share and talk about your faith, they do come up. So case in point, on date night, Kristen and I went out, so much of this happens on date night, but anyway, (laughs) um, we grace bombed our server and the, the following week, we came back unintentionally, like we weren't trying to find her, but we just wanted the same garlic fries again. And so we went back to this restaurant (laughs) and we ended up being able to pray with this lady um, because she remembered us from the week before said, thanks. I looked into grace bomb. It, it moved me because it was a spiritual thing. And then we were, we were like, Oh, so what's up? Like she told us about her mom being sick, where she used to go to church, if she's going anywhere. And we were just able to encourage her, but that was because it was part of our routine. It's like, Oh, we're seeing these people again. And now I've kind of put myself out there and, and they're going to bring it up with me, which is sort of a nice icebreaker. Yeah. No, it's it's wonderful and and um, two one last thing um, that I me personally I really like about Grace Bomb is I'm uh, I'm real big on the kingdom of God like people who know me know if you want to get me fired up uh, bring up the kingdom of God um, and so I have this like my understanding of eschatology is this inaugurated um, you know the kingdom of God has been inaugurated through the death and resurrection of Christ Jesus and that the kingdom of God you know heaven and earth are are um, overlapping once again and you know heaven and earth will be restored and renewed together those those kind of things uh, get me excited and so what grace bomb is doing is it's creating little pockets of heaven little pockets of of places where heaven and earth are overlapping and the kingdom of god is manifesting itself in everyday normal you know, like mundane things like getting coffee at Starbucks or at Slate Coffee for Marty since Starbucks isn't good enough for him. (laughs) (laughs) So that's just a really cool thing. I think, um, I don't know. I'm a huge fan. Uh, do I have one more question for you real quick. And then, um, I want to, you know, talk to you about how, you know, people who are interested, how they can get involved, but have you, uh, had any success or maybe perhaps, uh, has anybody approached you uh, specifically within the realms of student ministry? Cause, so I'm a youth pastor, um, and I feel like this is something that students, like, I feel like students would dig it. Uh, like, it, I think it'd be really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it does have a cool factor. Um, you know, we do, I have a, we do have a specially prepared thing for students. Okay. Only, only because later this summer I'm doing a, um, like a multi-church, uh, 
it's like a camp at a beach and you probably do stuff like that. And this, the, the theme this year is grace bomb. And so, um, obviously we've done it here at Bay area in, in the past, but I've sort of put together something just for the students that is a little bit uh, heavy on the front end with gospel identity Okay. okay. Before we get into go grace bomb people. And so, because really, uh, on the student side, they're figuring out like, who am I? How am I secure? Uh, who defines me? And if you crack open Ephesians one, you can really pour into a student of who they are spiritually in Christ and all of that. And Mm -hmm. what saves you and what doesn't like just so everybody's on the same page with all of that. And then we, then we get into the tool of, um, thinking about and loving your fellow students or people at high school, college in, in very practical ways. And so, um, so to answer your question, yes, I got, I think. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Sweet. Well, thank you. No, that's, that's really cool. Um, I just, I mean, I know that like, I'm just thinking, you know, forward to my future, moving back to Maryland, um, you know, and those kind of things being nearby, I think this is absolutely something that uh, I think would be cool to, to, uh, to do with the students at, uh, Seneca Creek once we get, get yeah, once you get settled in, just give me a buzz and I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you the content and you just let it rip. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Sweet. I appreciate that. Um, well, uh, so if any of our listeners right now, they wanted to, uh, get involved in Grace Bomb. What should they do? All right. Number one, just go to gracebomb.org and get cards. And I'd say just try it yourself. <laughs> just, go, just go do it. And basically, you just go to the website, scroll down, hit send me cards. We'll get cards to you out within a week's time with a little you know, instruction manual in there. And just just go, just love a neighbor, grace bomb people as you're as you're being led to, and and just go try it. Um, and then if that's something that you want to introduce to, like if you're a leader or a pastor to your congregation, and get that tool into their hands, uh, same place you can just send a bring grace bomb to my church. Hit the hit the bring grace bomb to my church button on gracebomb.org. Basically, all that does is it emails me, and I start a dialogue with the with a leader or the pastor. Wonderful. Wonderful. And we just talk through, hey, what's your church like? What's your context? What do you need? And we basically will just either mail out all the car, you know, the cards and some gear and swag or whatever. Just give it give it to the church when they need it. Um, and in some cases, if they want to do a sermon series, because I do have a a sermon series that they can do. Um, if, if time and schedule permits, I'd even love to come out and kick that series off in week one, mm-hmm. um, just to kind of get behind the team there and, um, you know, add to the, add to the momentum and then they can, they can close out the series. Yeah. So really just, it's all gracebomb.org. And then if you need some ideas of grace bombing, we, we do put a few up on the website, but really that's we've been primarily leveraging social media just to mm-hmm. retell people's stories that are firsthand accounts of what they're writing to us. We just, we just, uh, turn them around and put them back out to the world. 
Sweet which is kind of which is kind of nice because we get to decide to do that, and it's not like I'm going to share because my thing's going to go up on social media. <laughs> it's like right. no, yeah. you're going to share, and I'm going to decide if your thing goes up on social media. <laughs> and so there's a protective layer of boastfulness that we can protect against there. Yeah, for folks. Nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, gracebomb.org. Check it out and send me send us a note, and I'll be in touch. Get cards. Try it yourself. Sweet. And so you then social media wise, you're on Instagram. Uh, you guys have Facebook and Twitter as well? No, just Facebook and Instagram. Facebook and Instagram. Right on. At grace.bomb on Instagram and at, fa- uh, at uh, gracebombco on Facebook. Sweet. Wonderful. Um, Marty, do you have any concluding thoughts or anything you'd like yeah, to add there? I had a quick question for you, and it's uh, it may be one that you've dealt with before, but it may be unique to the to this conversation. Um, so, as someone uh, that's going to Mexico in like four or five days, um, do do you have Grace Bomb cards that are in Spanish, or or <laughs> maybe in other languages as well? Because um, I know that sometimes that there's communities that deal with these types of things or is that something you guys have branched out to yet yeah we have actually uh last summer we sent a team down to el salvador and they Mm -hmm. introduced grace bomb to the church so bomba de gracia cards they brought down uh and actually (laughs) marty if you if you just shoot me an email later today i will see if um that team had any left over but yeah, so we have a church down there, and they've they've just sort of adopted it in the church as an ongoing thing. Yeah. Uh, even though it's you know it's El Salvador, they're they're in an urban, they're in San Salvador, so it's a bit more urban, and mm-hmm. um, it, it seemed to work. And so they've been, as far as I know, they're still doing it. Sweet. Um, yeah. yeah. The the area that I'm traveling to has um, it's a very small uh, it, it's the small one of the smallest states in Mexico called uh, Querétaro, and the city that we're going to be right outside of is, is called Bernal. And sort of, there's like this compound that is kind of like up on a hill and all the, so I guess the way that it's been described to me is the people come out of the compound and just like ascend on the city and like try to share Jesus. And so there's a lot of like, what is this place? You know, (laughs) like, and so like, I feel like this could be something even for them um, that could be very useful and helpful to kind of just very simply share the gospel with people. Uh, so I, I really like that. So I will definitely be in touch with you. Uh, so to see if there's a possibility for them to arrive, you know, by like Thursday. <laughs> if that's possible, uh, I will try to make it happen. If not, then maybe next trip. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> Sweet. Awesome. All right, man. Well, Pat, anything that, um, that we missed that you feel is important that you would like to share with people or... Anything like that? You know, I just want to give a shout out to any of the dudes listening to this podcast driving a minivan right now because (laughs) I want them to know they're not alone and they can probably pack more stuff in the back of that thing than somebody's Ford F-150. So there you go. More Grace Bombs cards. Yeah, more (laughs) Grace. No, I love it. Actually, I have a good friend of mine named Dustin uh, who does listen to the podcast and he is exactly what you describe. He's a middle-aged man driving a minivan, but he calls it the manly van. That's what's up, Dustin. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Awesome. Awesome, man. guys. Well, hey, thanks so much. I, it was good to get to know you today, and uh, keep up the good kingdom work, fellas, really. Sweet. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, I appreciate Pat. it. And uh, just real quick for our listeners, uh, thank you guys again for tuning in. 
Uh, if you have any complaints or concerns or have any questions or would like to contact us, uh, feel free to go to our website, theologydoesntsuck.com, and then you can contact us through Get This, the contact page. Um, we're creative, so there's that. And then also you can find us on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, and also we have a Facebook discussion group. So if you like having conversations, uh, find Theology Doesn't Suck discussion group on Facebook. There's a little question there uh, that you have to answer, and then we'll decide to let you in or not. We let everybody in, but you have to answer the question correctly. The answer is Josh. Um, go to the website, and you'll find out why the answer is Josh. And other than that, I think we're good. Um, so thank you guys. Go Caps. Go Blackhawks. Go Blackhawks.